Broadcasting live from the Delta Media Studios in Upper Lafayette. Two hours of sports talk like none other. Footnotes with your host, Kevin Foot. Welcome into Footnotes. Kevin Foot on the game. Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and the Houston Astros simulcast on Stadium 32.3 and 133 on LUS Fiber. On this Wednesday, you know, the nerves now are really, really setting in um, for me. And it's uh, it's getting closer. So I think, by the way, the game hotline is 706-0111, 706-0111. Most of these two hours, phone lines will be open. As we said yesterday, with LSU being off this week, uh, Koki's on vacation, so we will not be, have our weekly conversation with with Koki. We will be speaking with Karen Crow, head football coach Tony Corville. I'm going to start calling him the trendsetter on, at 9:35. Um, I say that because on Monday, Coach Corville announced that they were playing their game against Acadiana instead of Friday, originally scheduled for Friday on Thursday. And now it's just like he started an avalanche. Uh, I think I've got everybody. There might be one or two that I haven't gotten. But by my last count, there are 12 games involving Acadiana area teams um, now scheduled to play on Thursday. Those 12, to my knowledge, are Acadiana Karen Crow, Como at Barb, Delcom at Ascension Episcopal, St. Martinville at Abbeville, Catholic Appointee at North Central, St. Edmund at Westminster, Northwest at Ville Platte, Leesville at Eunice, Iota at Port Barry, Erath at Crowley, Lauraville at Catholic and New Iberia, and Sacred Heart of Ville Platte at Opelousas Catholic. So those are the 12 that I know have been, or well, a couple of those were originally scheduled for Thursday, but those are the 12 games that I know of. There might be one or two more that we're waiting to hear final decisions made. But at, by my last count, there were there's going to be 12 games on Thursday and 14 on Friday involving the, the, the teams that, that we cover essentially at the advocate. Now that that might not, you know, that, that doesn't include Evangeline Parish and Jeff Davis Parish and St. Mary Parish. So there might be some other teams in our listening area that, you know, or teams that might be interested that, you know, that didn't, I'm not including those parishes. Um, I'm just talking about Lafayette Parish and the parishes that immediately surround Lafayette Parish. So uh, that, that's a lot of Thursday games. I don't know what the weather's going to be like but apparently Friday, but apparently it's not going to be good, or at least the perception is that it's not going to be good. Um, but, um, you know, I understand the financial side of it. For instance, if you're Karen Crow and you're hosting Acadiana, that's your big gate of the year. Like you, you need to maximize that. So I understand the, the incentive there. It's um, I've had quite a few coaches tell me, "What in the world is going on here? Like, why is everyone moving on?" Again, I'm not the weather guy. 
All right. So we don't often do this, but I, I'm gonna I'm gonna play along with this with this Halloween th- candy theme that we've got going on today. So, first of all, my first question is: Is there any candy that's not Halloween candy, or is or, or is that redundant to say Halloween candy because all candy is eligible for the answer? Well, yeah, technically all candy is eligible for Halloween candy, but it's usually like. Many versions of stuff that you can have, you can hand out as like a hand, put in your hand. Right. So you usually don't put like, Junior Mints is usually not Halloween candy because yeah, you need some of the big I don't box. consider that Halloween candy, but yeah. I love Junior Mints. They are pretty good. Yeah, I like, I like Junior Mints. I agree Mints. with you on that. It reminds me of like eating at Olive Garden without eating at Olive Garden. Oh, I love those. Those Ooh, are good. Andy's Mints are good. Andy's, Andy's right Mints there. are good. I like any kind of, the all those kind of mints, but I really like Andy's, yeah. But yeah, I think like milk duds can be like regular candy, but usually anything that can come into a mini version is tend to considered as Halloween candy as well. But it is regular candy. Now most I, times. I like the milk dud, but you know what I used to like? Probably way before y'all time. Send me if you've ever heard of this. The marathon bar. The marathon bar? Have you ever had a marathon bar? Uh, I don't it think it was so. it was it kind of had a pretzely look to it, and it was a long. It was it was um, chocolate with caramel in, basically a milk dud, but in a different form. And it was long, and theoretically, it took you a long time to eat because it was so chewy, and that's why they called it a marathon bar. Well, so the marathon bar, looking at it, it's it's a Snickers. No, it's it's long. It was long. But I'm, but I'm looking the one right here. Is this a Snickers? Well, then you might be looking at the wrong thing. Is it red? Is it, red it was and kind yellow? of a reddy, reddish, orangish wrapper, and it was long okay. and skinny. Oh, I'm seeing it now. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So I like the like marathon a- bar. You know what other kind of candy that I used to like as a kid that I don't? E- they might have it now. It was uh whatever the hundred thousand dollar bar. The hundred grand. Hundred grand. Yeah, we used to give them for. We used to do some kind of like segue to my mom's for preschool, and they would do like work on like time and like money and stuff, and she would bring a hundred grand. You don't you don't see kids. that much anymore. No, I rarely see them. I only see the kind of like in like the Dollar Tree and stuff like that is where she where I see them now. And I like oh you know what else I like. Hmm. Is Charleston shoes. I love some Charleston shoes. Why why don't they have more of those? I don't know. I usually I love Charleston we had them. Um, we would go to Walgreens right before every single parade throughout high school, and we would get Charleston shoes because it was right on the side of our route where we would start to, like to line up. If that counts, I might have to sneak that one in like the number five spot because I really like Charleston shoes. I had forgotten about that. The Ten other candy that count. I like is a Mars bar with almonds. But I don't even know if they mm-hmm. make Mars bars with almonds anymore. I don't think so. I haven't seen one in a while. It's basically a Snickers, but it's smoother than a Snickers, and it has almonds instead of peanuts. I prefer the Mars bar to even a Snickers. Oh, no, I prefer Snickers. Snickers. I'm not a big fan of almonds. Oh, no, I like Almond Joy. I like Hershey's with almonds. Doesn't Almond Joy have coconut in it, too? Oh, yeah, that's the yeah, best no. part. Mm-mm, I don't like coconut. Does it have coconut in it? Nope, not it. I'm out. But technically, Charleston shoes don't count. They don't come in a miniature size. They'll come in a bar in a box. Man, I I don't. Again, the the funny thing is, I love almonds. But have you ever had almond butter? It doesn't taste nearly as good. I I don't like almond butter. Is not good. Uh -uh. But I I love almonds. 
By the way, I just saw the, uh, and I didn't know this, uh, Notre Dame is playing Thursday as well. And it was originally scheduled for Thursday, which I did not have on, on our, my schedule. So that is now 13 high school football games uh, scheduled for tomorrow instead of Friday. That's so it's, it's basically 50-50 right now, according to the teams that we cover. It's like half is playing on Thursday and half on Friday. It's kind of crazy. So you get football for forever. <laughs> so it's basically if you're a fan of Major League Baseball and are the Cajuns, it de- depending on what high school you support, uh, you're either going to miss the Cajun game or the or the World Series. So it's just, you know, I guess which one you. <sighs> kind of interesting. So anyway, uh, Alma Joy is the best. So if you don't, I we just have to disagree. <laughs> Yeah, we disagree. We and friends. again, I like Reese's. It's not like I've never eaten a Reese's peanut butter cup. I've eaten a ton of them, but I wouldn't put them in my top. It's not the first thing I would grab for. Oh, no, that's always the first thing I, I grab trade. for. I go for that and the colorful, um, like, Twizzlers. See, I'm not into I that. I like the but, colorful ones. But I'm one of the f- rare people left that's my age or anywhere near, not... I like candy corn. Most people just hate candy corn and they laugh at it. I, I like candy corn. I like candy corn, but I like the pumpkins better. I don't know what it is, but I like the pumpkins better than I like regular okay candy with corn. The pumpkins. So we usually will yeah. go and we'll get I the like pumpkins at, at Halloween time. But speaking of Halloween time, we're all dressing up. Are you guys dressing up with us? Oh, I'm not a dress up person. You can wear your toga. You already have the outfit. No, I don't see that happening. I'll tell Michelle no, and I'll uh, tell Riley uh, to help uh, me uh, out. Uh, that's not going to happen. No, that's You'd not. You'd be a nerd. No. Nerd easy. Russ dressed up as me one time. <laughs> I was I don't really know what, I mean, you know, know what that is, but he did. He had like a uh, little notepad and. Hair stick, hair's like back. Hair's like back, yeah. You were in a. Uh, a plaid. Some blue shirt that up. I wear. He mm-hmm. had, yeah, some blue shirt version of khaki that I shorts. Wear. Yeah. With all the pockets. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I can picture a foot in my head. Now, Rolos <laughs> is, Rolos is kind of like a version of a milk dud in a marathon ball. Mm-hmm. It's all the same thing. Rolos yeah. were good. Rolos considered Halloween candy. You get those in like a little pack of two. Yeah. There you go. Or as, I don't know if they have them anymore, but when I was a kid, they had uh, dum-dums, they call them, which are basically the same thing as milk duds at the at the movie theater house. Movie theater house? Oh, yeah. When you go to the movie theater house, you would eat a little thing of dum-dums. Well, where did where where the H go? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I've always I've called it that for years. I don't know. I've, theater house, I've but been, I don't really I've been in, the, in the middle now about milk duds because we had them at uh, work one time, and the guy was trying to be funny and he threw one and a milk dud perfectly all the way across from like your back wall to my back wall and hit me in directly in the head so now like i have like a thing against milk duds i thought i could have a milk it hurt it it hurts so bad a little time milk dud it might oh it hurt i don't know kind of crazy all right so um no if you have a whole thing of candy the minute i see that beautiful alma joy rapper that's what that's another thing. The rapper even looks better in Alma Joy. I mean, it's just, you just can't go wrong with Alma Joy. It's just the best. And I and I also think you can eat more of those without feeling like you're going to throw up. 
And so I kind of I like that better. That's also I like about candy corn. You can eat more w- without getting all. You can just keep eating them kind of like peanuts or something. All right. Oh, no, 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 no. I said dum-dums. I, I think it was called pom-poms. That's true. Dum-dums were suckers. I think what I'm thinking of was called pom-poms maybe. There was another kind of movie candy that was basically a milk dud. It was just chocolate with caramel. And maybe it was pom-poms. It wasn't dum-dum. That's true. Dum-dums were suckers. Were they bonbons? Uh, I don't think they were called bonbons. But it, there was another. It wasn't a milk dud. There was another form of movie candy that was just chocolate with caramel. I was thinking they were dum-dums, but maybe they're pom-poms. It is pom-poms. Pom-poms, yeah. I found it. Yeah. That was I like I like those two. Perfect. All right. Well, I have Manny on the phone for you. Once again, on the conversation. All right. Hello. Hello. Hello, sir. Kevin, how are you? Oh, you know, I I I'm so nervous right now about the World Series that um, you know, I'm 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 willing to talk candy and just about any other thing to get my mind off of it. All right. Good. Well, listen, uh, you you. Got your, your boots and you're doing art for uh, ready for Friday. Uh, <laughs> What's the deal know, with Friday? That, well, I watch the weather. I mean, you know, listen, this time of year, yeah, we, yeah, I mean, I mean those, like, like yesterday's rain lasted, what, about 15 minutes, 20 minutes? And, you know, I mean, this in some spots there's a chance that you could have a pop up. Rather a serious thunderstorm, but it doesn't look like it's lasting long. You know, listen, my wife asked me last night, you know, watching the news, she said, What's all this? Um, did, did y'all have a switch of game when you were coaching? I said, No, that was before the advent of the internet. You know, not everybody was a, was Rob Perillo, you know, I mean, uh, so, no, we didn't switch games back then, but I mean, listen, here, the world evolves, Kevin. I, I'm a I'm an uh, enlightened guy now. You know, I'm 60. So, uh, I think uh, for anyway, a lot of people, okay. it's about well, it's about I mean, maximizing your gait. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah and, and, and listen, money is very important. I, there's no doubt about that. Everything's, you know, ten times more expensive. Yes. <laughs> when they when I, when I when they talk about buying pads and helmets, and I'm like, oh my gosh, I don't. I mean, I, I don't even know how they do it anymore, but. Uh, I wanted to just say that like I kind of told Hannah, my neighborhood is kind of like Charlie Brown. You know, you get a rock, uh, you might get a rock in your in your uh, uh, Halloween. Uh, we had a paper bag, you know, because back yeah. then we didn't have plastic. We had a paper bag. So, you, but if you got a milk bag, I mean, anything chocolate, man, it was like the, the world was coming to an end. And they had one house that gave out caramel apples, and but you had to get there at you know, right when Halloween, right when trick or treat started. So my brother would drag me. We'd go running straight to that house to try to get a coma apple. So <laughs> the milk does was a big, milk does was a big thing. Okay. All right. So the last thing, Kat, I, listen, I'm going to say I'm pretty ignorant about the Phillies pitching other than Wheeler and Nola. Uh, I don't know anything about that bullpen. I just, and I didn't watch much of the games uh, when they were playing. I just noticed, you know, 
couple of games had a lot of runs scored. So well, Ranger, they got Ranger Suarez, which is a great name. Uh, he's the one that got the last two outs of the uh, to, yeah. to put him in the World Series. You know, they they've got uh, what is his name, Sir Anthony Dominguez, who's kind of been a co closer and a setup guy for uh-huh. a lot of the years. And then they traded for David Robertson, that old Yankee, and he played came from the Cubs at, right at the uh, right, right, right. at the trade deadline. So that's the majority of kind of the, their back end guys. Yeah. Uh, so, if, you know, if you get a chance, you, you, I, I wouldn't mind if you talked about the Phillies a little bit. Just kind no, of, like, I will. You know, when, when, we get, when we get closer, Thursday and Friday, we will for sure, yes. Yeah, good good deal. All right. All right. Appreciate it, Kevin. Y'all, and, Kevin, listen, Halloween dress up, don't do it. That's no, not, not, not doing Halloween's it. Halloween's no. a kid. It's for kids dress up, not, uh, all right. not big adults. Yeah. Okay, maybe. All right. Can we take this caller because he hadn't been on in a while or no? Okay, well, I think we've got an old familiar voice here. Hello. Well, good morning, sir. Good morning. I've been wondering where you are. Well, I mean, you know how life is, man. It throws you a lot of curveballs, and you just got to bounce back. I- I'll tell you about it all fair one day. But anyway, so if if Aaron Rodgers was a candy bar, what, what would he be? If Aaron Rodgers was a candy bar, man, now you a see. Halloween candy, yeah, we got to rank him. Oh, man. Oh, as far as rank, I mean, again, he, he would be some sort of candy. I don't know that it, that, that kind of disappears right before it gets into your mouth just to psych <laughs> you out and frustrate you. That's what ran. And, it could be some, uh, like, the worst candy ever. It's yeah. Black yes. I mean, come on. Who likes yes. It? If, if you like black licorice, I mean, come on. <laughs> just, just give up on Halloween. But anyway, listen, I got $100 for you if you dress up as Joe Montana. Oh. Anna, make it happen. I'll call you all tomorrow. Later. Okay. Take care. I went to Northside last week. They had homecoming. They had all kind of people tailgating. I uh, saw my old friend William Weathers was there. He's a Northside grad. I didn't know if Saints hater might be there or not. But, no, I um, – now, Hannah asked me about mounds. I'm not a big dark chocolate guy. I'm the guy when you used to get the pack of all the little, you know, Crackle and Mr. Good Bar and all that. When I when I saw that dark special chocolate, I, mm-hmm. I, I got I discarded that. Oh, yeah. I just put it to the side. Not a fan of dark chocolate. Oh, yeah. But you said that the, the coconut was the best part of the almond joy. So It was, but I don't like dark chocolate. Now, I've so eaten the mounds before, but I way, 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 way prefer almond joy. Okay, so you yeah. do love coconut, but just the, the dark chocolate overthrows it to make you uh, not want Yeah, it. I like the milk chocolate. I'm not a dark gotcha. chocolate person. I, I'm not either. I don't like no. dark chocolate. And yeah. they have, like, the special, too, where it's, like, they have just dark chocolate. It's, like, 50% something. Like, it's different percentages. Uh-uh, no, no. Is dark no. chocolate? I don't want it. Not no, not 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 a fan. Not a fan. All right, we'll take. Had a little fun. I probably needed that. I'm just too nervous right now for the World Series. I I, I just I needed I needed a good picture of somebody sent me a a, a picture of a pom pom box from when I was a kid. So kind of I needed to think about that more than the nerves of the World Series. We'll take a timeout. We'll come back. On the game, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the LSU Tigers and the Houston Astros. Do your loved ones run for cover when watching a game with you? Then Footnotes is the show for you. Time for more Footnotes on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's Sports Station.
Welcome back to Footnotes. Now, look, I like candy. I don't love candy. I love gumbo. I mean, it's time. I I, I don't know if I'm going to be able to take part in this, but I would certainly enjoy it. Uh, lots of great gumbo will be cooked at the Real the Realtor Association of Acadiana annual gumbo cook-off at Park International tonight from 5 to 7. Uh, you can go out there, family-friendly family, family friendly events. There'll be a ha- Halloween costume contest, music by Rouge Crew, and, of course, great gumbo by 26 different a- area realtor groups vying for best gumbo. Tickets cost $10. You can purchase. You can only purchase with cash at the event. All proceeds benefit three local charities, Maddie's Footprints, Habitat for Humanity, and Lane's Legacy. So go out, eat some great gumbo, support some worthy causes, have some Halloween fun with the Realtor Association of Acadiana's annual gumbo cook-off again tonight from 5 to 7 at Park International. Should be lots of eating and fun there. Again, the game hotline is 706-0111, 706-0111. If you would like to get in, if you want to talk about Halloween candy, you can certainly do that. But um, I um, anything to distract me, Manny, Manny wants me to talk about the World Series. In the World Series, we're going to get more into – the World Series as we get closer to Friday. I um, will do some reminiscent for those of us who are old, like Manny uh, and me and others out there listening. The Astros, I think I mentioned this in passing, the Astros' first ever postseason appearance was 1980. I was a freshman in high school, and they played the Philadelphia Phillies. And the, it was a five-game series. There was just two rounds of the playoffs in that era. And you played five games. Whoever won the best of five went to the World Series, and it was best of seven. And and the Royals were on the other side, and I always kind of liked the Royals. Um, George Brett, Namus Otis, and all them. And I, it would have been kind of cool to play them in the Astros. Four of the five games. To talk about how different the series was back then. They played a five-game series. Four of the five games went extra innings. The only game that was not extra innings was game one, where Greg Lazinski had a two-run homer off Ken Forsh, and the Phillies won the game three to one. It was the only home run hit in the five-game series. That's how different the game. Now, I'm not saying no one ever hit home runs back then, but in that five-game series, it was the only home run that was hit. I remember Dave Bergman, who I don't think is living anymore. If I rem- seem like I remember years a couple years ago or years back him dying, but Dave Bergman, I remember we had just moved into a new home and, and I was upstairs watching it on a little black and white TV. I don't know why I, I don't get that, but anyway, it was late at night and uh, the and Dave Bergman got a two run triple in the tenth inning and the Astros won. I believe it was 7-5, first ever postseason victory. That was that was great fun. And, you know, all kind of thing. Gary Woods and Joe Morgan and 
Gary Woods left third base early, and then Vern Rue had come in that year because that was the year James Rodney had got the stroke, and it was it was a crazy series, and the Astros lost, and um, so uh, hopefully they can get a little revenge on the Phillies. What is that? Forty two years later. All right, let's go back to the game hotline. Hello. Morning, foot. How you hanging in there? Oh, buddy? I'm trying. I'm trying. Oh, I'm gonna tell you, uh, like I've been telling Paul every morning. I said, "Hey, good morning, Paul. It's a new day, and the Yankees still ain't in the World Series." <laughs> <laughs> Boy, y'all, uh, y'all, y'all like to kick each other when y'all are down for sure. Oh, oh, he's like, yeah, go ahead, kick a Yankees fan when you're down. I was like, Paul, as much uh, smack as you talked all during the season, I said sympathy won't work with me right now. (laughs) If it was the other way around, the Yankees were in the World Series, he'd be calling every day, telling you I told you so. Getting number 20, whatever. Yeah, I, I, I ain't going to let him down until next uh, spring training starts. And then I'm going I'm to keep on until the Yankees uh, uh, win the World Series. Now, just figuratively speaking, let's say uh, Aaron Judge does leave the New York Yankees. How awesome would that be if that would start a 100-year curse? The Yankees would never make the World Series again in 100 years, and the curse would be known as the curse of the judge. How awesome would that be? Huh? <laughs> Man, that'd be beautiful. That'd be beautiful. Now, I've been wanting to ask you a question. I've just been thinking with uh, as good as Tennessee been uh, in college football, you know, this season and everything. Now, do you see um, with Oklahoma kind of being down, do you think Josh Heupel eventually goes to Oklahoma since that's his alma mater? Ooh. I want you up in and if you know, I was him, if I was up. him, I would not do that. But um, but he might. I mean, I guess that I'm sure they would if they continue to struggle uh, by their former standards. I mean, I, I guess if I was him, I'd go after him. If, if especially if he hits it big, you know, a lot of guys, you know, you want to play where you're from, and so I could see, you know, I'm sure I don't know that he would want to do that, but I guess it would make sense. But if I was him, I don't know. It's just. That, you know, when you're at Tennessee and you haven't had success in a long time, I mean, you're the king. Like, if you have an off year, if you have a big year and, like, play for the national championship or get in the Final Four, one of those kind of things, you know, and, you know, that, that'll that like, the next year, if you have a little bit of a down year, they're not going to want to crucify you, but it's a little different at some of these other schools. So, if I was him, I'd stay. Yeah, but uh, if if – I mean, I know Oklahoma probably can offer him more money than Tennessee can. I mean, but I, I give the man his props, man. He's a hell of a coach, a head coach. He's offensive mastermind because, I mean, look what he did at UC, UCF was nothing before he got there. I mean, he turned that program around. And within how long has he been a Tennessee's head coach? Too? This is second year, right? Right. Okay. Look what he's done in just two years. Uh and and I mean Tennessee really didn't have nothing, and I mean he turned he turned that that school around, and, and no and and by all means I don't like Tennessee at, at all being a Bama fan, but I mean I give credit where credit is due. I mean the man the man can flat out coach, man. But hopefully I mean uh, with Oklahoma coming into the SEC in a few years, I I think he might he might jump on that offer. I don't know, but it's uh, possible. Enjoy while he's there. Yep, I appreciate the call, sir. But, uh, Yes, sir. Have a good one, Take man. Take care. World Series is two days away. Yes, sir. All right, one more before we get to our next timeout. Hello. Hey, 
Good morning, boys. Good morning. Good morning, sir. Man, I just wanted to tell you uh, my little opinion, man. You know, the, the Astros, you know, we swept the Mariners, and then we swept the Yankees, and I believe we're just going to go on and sweep the Phillies, bro. Oh. And uh, it would be a beautiful world series. Oh, that would be happen, tremendous. But, you know, every time I hear – see, what makes me nervous is when I read things here and there or see them online or hear people talk, and it's like, oh, the Astros are these overwhelming favorites. And I understand why people say that, but, again – I've, it's baseball, and I've seen it happen. Like when they played the Nationals, they should have won, but but they couldn't win one home game. And so I just I don't know. I just they need to win this game so this series so bad. And I understand why I people say they're, they're the favorites. Through, man, we're just too dominant on both sides of the ball. But uh, you know, I don't know what your personal opinion is on all the home runs and stuff. By you know, not 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 for say you know Aaron Judge and all that, but just. In a game wise, you know, I mean, I I went to a few this past season, and I love it, man. I, I love it. I got to watch Shohei Otani play. We went to a home game, but it's great, dude. Baseball's amazing. I love it, especially in October. But uh, go Astros. Hope you have a great day, Foot. Thank you very much. Now, look, I'm not anti home run. What I I just don't like if I I just don't like I love hitting home runs. I need Icky to hit a couple home runs in this series after not coming, you know, doing a whole lot of that so far in the postseason. But I love home runs, but what I don't like is I never get a hit with a run scoring position. Like the last game against the Yankees, you know, it was great that Pena hit the home run. That was great. But they wouldn't have won unless they got some base hits with runners in scoring position to back up that home run when things got tough. You know, they, they they didn't win against the Nationals because they couldn't score any runs. It, it, it was like, you didn't hit a home run. Well, we're not scoring any runs. You, you got to be able to, you got to be, a, what I hate in baseball is when you got a runner on third and less than two outs and you can't put the ball in play in a way to get that runner home because I'm trying to hit a home run. That's what drives me crazy. So I love home runs. I, it just can't be all home runs. Hopefully they can figure it out. All right, we'll take a timeout. When we come back, we're going to talk to the trendsetter, Karen Crowhead, football coach, Tony Corville, next on The Game. Are you fluent in Footlish? Not to worry. We're here to help with the Footlish Dictionary. Z28. Z28. Now, a running back with great speed and start and go ability, like a Chevy Camaro that plays for the New Orleans Saints also known as Alvin Kamara. Now, back to the man with his very own language. Kevin Foote and Footnotes. Welcome back to Footnotes. Before we get to our special guest, I want to remind you, if you want to see, be one of the first people to see the new movie Black Panther, Wakanda Forever, in a private viewing on November the 10th at the Celebrity Theater in Broussard, then this is what you need to do. Simply text PANTHER to 337-283-8100. Text PANTHER to 283-8100. You might win a couple tickets to be get uh, guest viewing, private viewing of the new movie. Thank you to Celebrity Theaters, Sherman Insurance, and The Game. All right. We have with us Karen Crow, high head football coach, who I now call in the trendsetter, Tony Corville. How are you, sir? 
Good morning, Kevin. I'm sorry about getting back to you, man. I'm, I'm having to really work today, man. Whoa. Oh, I understand. So <laughs> I'm calling you the trendsetter because on Monday you changed your game from Friday to Thursday. Now we got 13 games on Thursday. Well, you know, Kevin, you try to always try to have the, the most safest conditions. And we started looking at the forecast early and then we contacted the Lake Charles Weather Service and, you know, they were saying it was going to be a 90% chance of rain and, uh, 20, 20 mile an hour plus winds. So I was just trying to get, you know, see and dry as track we could get. Well, and this, I'm, I'm sure when you look at your schedule and you get to host Acadiana, I'm sure you're thinking that's our best chance of having the biggest gate of the season, correct? Yeah, well, absolutely. You know, and I'm only, I only have four home games this year. You know, next week we have a bye. So, uh, you know, yeah, unfortunately, your finances do come into the equation for you. So that was our thinking, you know, let's get the big, the best crowd we can get here and the most we can get it, you know. All right, so I got to ask you, you know, I'm the kind that I, I like a little defense. All these high-scoring games make me really nervous. So how, how do you survive? Can you ever – did you ever imagine giving up 55 points in a game and winning by 17? No, no. You know, Kevin uh, – you know, you know the, the number one statistic that we look at, obviously, is, is the win. And I know how you go about doing it sometimes. It, uh, that's what makes you a little nervous. And for me, you know, my background is defense, so ideally you don't want to have as many points scored. But as long as I got to put more than theirs, that's the, that's the main thing. But, yeah, I don't like – I'm not uh, – I was a track coach, but I don't like these track uh, – track, uh, <laughs> I remember, I remember, I mean, you. I think you were still at Karen Crow when they went to Shaw in that semifinal game and, and it was like 60-something to 50-something or something. It was a crazy game. Yeah, that was that was in 97 and I had left. That was the first year I left. It was at La Palooza. But, yeah, it was – I remember it, though. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, oh, those games make me know. nervous. Oh, those, no doubt. I mean, and uh, – you know, some of it has to do with us, but last week, uh, Sam Houston's a very explosive football team. Yeah, a young football team. That's what's really scary about them because they're gonna—they got a lot of those, of those guys coming back for the next two years. But uh, it was nice to see, uh, you know, our offense. And, and you know, I wouldn't have read the records as the as the game was going on, but afterwards, when I was told, I, I mean, I was very, very impressed and overwhelmed with what was accomplished. You know, over 700 yards of offense, uh, the quarterback. Yeah, running back and wide receiver breaking all those records. Man, cool. your quarterback, Chance Caesar, you know, we've heard about him for a couple of years. He had the injury issue last year. Mm-hmm. But he's mm-hmm. really fulfilling his potential this year, it seems like. You know what, Kevin, what's kind of ironic? Last year, week eight is when he tore his ACL and his PCL. And then this year, week eight is when he went off and had this wonderful game. So it's kind of, you know. Kind of fitting, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's fitting, you know, because he's a great young man. That's uh, really worked his tail off to get back physically, but uh, more importantly, he stayed engaged with the team the entire time, mentally, uh, you know, with the team and being here with his presence. That's important. You know, a lot of times when kids get injured, they kind of go, I don't want to use the word ghost, they kind of, because they feel, you know, they're not a part of the team when they truly are, but he really did a great job of doing that, and we're so happy for him. All right, so, you know, Acadiana's been playing Karen Crow for, you know, going back to the 70s. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and, you know, especially from the early nineties on, it's, it's, it's normally a great game and, uh, y'all had a success. Seemed like y'all had about a 
when Acadiana, during Acadiana's incredible run since 05, y'all had like a two or three game winning streak against them. So it's been a great rivalry and great matchups for years. It's a little different because, again, y'all are playing this, you know, on an unbelievable offensive run. Acadiana is, by their standards, struggling this year and coming off a loss. So do you, do you, do you, does the coming off the loss thing bother you, or how do you look at this matchup? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I, I know I, I know those guys, the coaches up over there well. They got a lot of pride, in, and it's a prideful program, and rightfully so. So, I mean, you know, obviously for their, for their sake and their, their program, they got to go They got to go back and get back in the win column, you know, to finish out the season. And then we, this will be our last game of the regular season. So we need to, you know, we want to go into the playoffs feeling good about ourselves. So we have to get a win. So it's going to be a hell of a football game, I would imagine. I would think uh, – like it to be a closer close scoring game, not to distract me, hopefully. <laughs> so you mentioned it twice already that y'all aren't playing next week. Uh week ten, man, I, I don't know. That I guess that can be good. Um are you gonna have a high seed where what have you looked at that? Where could y'all actually be off for three straight weeks? Well, you know, you, you don't like to look too far ahead, but you have to you have to do it somewhat for planning purposes, and it's a possibility that, uh, yeah, we could be off two straight weeks, yeah. Yeah, so that's a, that's a very concerning thing because I've never been involved with it. I've been involved with the five weeks. But uh, I plan on, uh, if that uh, that happens, I plan on getting with SDM and Notre Dame and they've both uh, been through those situations and even talking to Coach Viator at UL that's done some stuff when he was in college and in high school where they had multiple uh, – because the tough thing is football is different. Like if you're a basketball team and you're fa- like you can go kind of scrimmage someone or baseball, you could probably scrimmage someone just to kind of get kind of involved. But football's just different. I mean, I, I mean that that's got to be that's a tricky situation there. No doubt. You know, obviously we you know uh, we'll take care of where we're at with injury wise. We can get some kids a little healthier. Uh, I know for the first week that we'll definitely go back to the basics of what worrying about just caring for high football and do the things that we need to do fundamentally, get back to the fundamentals that you know, we do and uh, that we can then kind of start uh, doing the following week. Then you have a general idea who your opponents are and we can kind of uh, scout. You know, And we'll do some self-scouting that week. That week we're off, we'll do a lot of self-scouting on ourselves to figure out what people, uh, how they perceive our, our, our offense and defense and special teams. All right, so one more question on that. I know you don't know exactly, but about like if you had to guess from what y'all the information y'all have, like what range would y'all be in as a, as a seed in your bracket? I would imagine five through eight. I got you. So it'll be it'll be um, now. I know I know four of the brackets are having four the top four seeds get by, and four of the brackets mm-hmm. the top eight seeds get by. Which one are y'all on? We're the one with the eight. Eight. Okay, I got you. Yeah. All right. All right. So, as far as your defense, um, like what, what, you know, we're getting kind of late in the year because you, yeah. so you kind of are what you are. But what, like, what can be done, or, what, or do you feel like there's still some improvement that can be made to where you won't have to score so many points to win once you get into postseason? Well, obviously, you know, you want to uh, continue improvement, and I, and I think I've spoken to you after the last at high game that. Yeah, there's some of the kids, and we got a lot of youth on our side. But when you get to week eight, nine, where we at now, you like the things that they've gotten a little bit more mature. But some of them just taking a little longer. Uh, some of the things we're going to probably do to offset that is we'll probably have to start having to 
make some guys both ways. And when I say that, that means it won't be a guy who goes from one position on offense to defense or vice versa. It'll be something where it's a 75% he's going to be playing on offense, maybe 25% on defense. And, and on those defensive things, it'll, it'll be sub-packages. So that's some of the things we'll have to address going forward. Now, obviously, you have an incredible one of the record setters was a freshman wide receiver, Babineau. So mm-hmm. how is he? how much defense can he play and how effective is he on that side of the ball? Been playing, he's been playing defense with us all year long. He's been going uh, uh, on both sides. You know, he's playing free safety, far strong safety, and what we call the star nickel, which is a hybrid. Uh, right now, this kid is uh, he's been playing really, you know, really well. We're very excited about the possibilities this young man can do for us going forward. But he's just taking it week to week, and he's just, you know, and uh, he's taking all this time for chance to get to, to get in sync with them, and now they're, they're really rolling. All right, so, you know, Kevin played as a freshman in the secondary. Damian James played as a freshman in the secondary before moving to quarterback. So, like, he's going to be on – he's in that same path. And how would you compare him as a freshman to those kids? Well, that's that's a really great question, you know. And I've been blessed to coach all all three of those young men. I I don't – I think, you know, I don't want to put the pressure on on Chance that way. But let me tell you – a lot of things he checks off a lot of boxes. Where you know when when Kevin did this, or when Damon did this, when he was a freshman, he's checking off a lot of those boxes. So, you know, I, I just think he has a very special, uh, uh, bright career ahead of him. But I'm not going to put that pressure on him right now. I understand. All right, Coach. Well, uh, we appreciate your time as always. Y'all have had a very interesting season. We talked about all the Road Warrior stuff y'all have done. Yeah. And, uh, you know, then you play one of the crazy games you're ever going to watch last week and 72-55 over Sam Houston. And now you're playing Acadiana uh, on a Thursday. And then you've got to figure out what's going on with the bye week. So good luck. You and your coaching staff got a lot of thinking to do. Thank you, Kevin. Yeah, I'm thinking about uh, ordering three school buses and getting on the buses and go around the block and then show up at the stadium. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That's not a bad plan. Uh, coaches have done crazier things than that. I appreciate your time, sir. Good luck to you. All right. Thank you, Kevin. I appreciate everything you do for us. Thank Take you, care. Karen Crow, head coach, Tony Corville. That's funny. All right, we'll take a timeout. We'll be back, finish out the first hour on the game. Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Welcome back to Footnotes. Kevin Foot on the game. Speaking of Karen Crow, the Karen Crow Cultural District is hosting the Crow Fest, downtown Karen Crow Fall Festival. This Saturday from 6 to 8, families are invited to enjoy Safe trick-or-treating along St. Peter Street, where it will be close to traffic. During the event, there will be games, haunted house, petting zoo, costume contests for kids, and pumpkin carving contests as well. And hopefully, for the culture of the kids, lots of almond joy. But we'll, uh, that, that'll be from 6 to 8 Saturday on St. Peter Street, downtown Karen Crow. To follow up on what I was talking about with Coach Corville, It's a little different this year. The brackets are different in terms of how they're constructed team-wise. There are eight of them that you have four on the select side, four uh, what I call the private school side, and then four on the um, non-select side now, which is tricky because you have what we consider public schools now in the select side, including everybody in Lafayette Parish except for Southside High School. Now, 
on the on the four select brackets, there are 24 teams. These are 24 team brackets, which means the top eight seeds will the top eight seeds will get buys. On the non-select side, that there is a 28 excuse me, a 28 team bracket. There's the top four seeds will uh, get buys. So in a, in Karen Crow's case, the tricky thing is, for whatever reason, they couldn't schedule. Week 10 is a tough time to have a buy. If you have, if, if, you, if, if you don't have even number, if you have an odd number district, then each week one team has to play a non-district team. So when that when it's that your when it's your week in week ten, like there's not a lot of teams to choose from, and when you're Karen Crow High, a lot of teams in the state, especially smaller schools, they don't want to schedule Karen Crow High because they win a lot of games. So uh, that's tough. So when you're off week ten, and you have a scenario where you get a bye, like normally if you're off week ten, it can work to your favor because you can rest up a little bit and you just play the first week of the playoffs. Well, in this new scenario where if you're off week ten and you're off the next week because you get a bye, man, that's a lot of time off. That's essentially three weeks. Now, and it's two games, but that's three weeks of not really playing. So you can get rusty. And that's got to be a little worrisome where you kind of lose your rhythm, especially for a team like Karen Crow that's winning with its offense right now, not really winning on the line of scrimmage per se, especially on the defensive side. So um can be kind of tricky. But, no, that's something we're going to be talking a lot more about over the next couple of weeks, kind of familiarizing um, ourselves with this new high school football playoff scenario and again you're going to have four brackets where you have eight teams with buys and four brackets where you have four teams with buys a little different all right another hour to follow next on the game broadcasting live from the delta media studios in upper lafayette two hours of sports talk like none other footnotes with your host kevin foot Welcome back to our Into Footnotes, Kevin Foote on the game. Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the LSU Tigers and the Houston Astros. The game hotline is 706-0111, 706-0111. If you would like to get in, certainly feel free. We have open hour, hour of phone lines. and here's Here is... You, you you ask why are you so mentally unstable sometimes? Why are you so where your mind is crazy? So it's Wednesday. The World Series starts on Friday. Okay, I'm in the middle of doing a radio show. I'm nervous about the Astros. We're trying to track down all these high school games. Which games are we? We are thankfully having a little bit of off color fun with the. Um, you know, with the candy talk, um, I'd have to go get a, uh, an Almond Joy at some point today. And so my daughter Riley texts me right when I'm about to talk to start the second hour. This is her text. Okay, this is what I live with. She says, I bet you're regretting sweeping the Mariners and the Yankees right about now, aren't you? 
Like, I don't need that in my mind right now. I don't need to be worried about the fact that the for the Astros to win the World Series, they have to do something that's never been done before. Now, that's a little deceiving because it's only really been possible to be done for about three decades. It hadn't been possible. It wasn't even possible to be done like going back to 1869 or anything. So for the first hundred plus years, it wasn't. It was. They didn't have. An, they didn't have playoff rounds, so it really wasn't a, an issue. But still, they have to do something that's never been done in this current format of playoffs in the postseason for them to win the World Series. It was like, oh, because you see, she's been telling me we the whole process. Like we need to lose one of these games. We need to lose one of these games because I trained her to understand how things work. And, but it, it, it can be a little aggravating when you train someone to, to understand how baseball works and then they throw it in your face and then they're right. I mean, it's just, oh. So, uh, and hopefully she's right about a few other players. Like, she's been, she bought Brian Abreu um, well before I did. I, Look, Abreu the other night in Game Three was just fabulous. So I'll, I guess I'm going. I'm going to buy him. I guess I'm going to start having confidence in him because for you know his first what two three years, however long he's been kind of trying to make his way in the Astro bullpen. There was a time when it, when I really liked him, but he just would go through these little what I call mental midget moments where he just kind of loses it and he just he has no idea where the strike zone is anymore. He just kind of – it just – the moment just seemed too big for him. Well, the moment the other night did not seem too big for him. So hopefully she's right about him too and she's a big fan of her. Her favorite player is who she calls Ren McCormick and he's been getting some big hits. Got a big home run at Yankee Stadium. Got several other hits. So been getting on base and starting rallies and – I got you know, hopefully he continues to um to do well. But no, man. That's not the text I needed to get. But she loves doing that stuff to me. But um no, it it, it is an issue. Uh I um I've talked to someone else. He said, Well, that's too small of a sample size to worry about. I said, I hope you're right. I hope you're right. But no, Astros Phillies, um I think the Phillies have a lot of similarities to the Nationals of 2019. Now, Zach Wheeler and Aaron Nola don't have the um you know, they're not automatic Hall of Famers like a Scherzer is, but they're very good pitchers who are very pitching very well. So, in other words, they have a definite one two now, after their top two pitchers, the Nationals didn't really, you know, they had that le- that veteran left-hander. I'm getting a brain cramp right now who, who aggravated me. But, 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 but they, did, they, they didn't have a really deep starting rotation. And they didn't have, like, great closers. And so they had a couple really special hitters. And they had an old wily veteran in Zimmerman, kind of similar to a Gene Segura, who had never been in the playoffs his whole career until this year. 
Gene Segura's played, you know, Seattle and Milwaukee, different places. Never been in the playoffs until this year. So they have, like, Gene Segura's kind of like Zimmerman was for the, for the Nationals. At the end of his career, never really. And, 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 and he, got a, he had a big home run in that series, Zimmerman. So I'm a little worried about the whole Gene Segura thing and, and, and the big hits that he could get. They've got, um, you know, Rendon had a big series in that series. Um, they played really good defense in that series, whereas the Phillies are not known as a good defensive club, so I hope they don't play real good defense. But again, the, the general makeup of the team is similar. You got a dominant one-two, then it kind of drops off a little bit. You have effective relievers, but not like one of the best five or ten, you know, five or six closers in the league. They don't have those big-time closer arms in the back. You know, Dominguez has pitched great, and Robertson has done has done pretty well since they traded for him from the Cubs at the trade deadline. But they're not, like, um, just known as, like, oh, that's one of the best bullpens in baseball. It's not. In fact, it's been – you know, it was one of their bigger question marks during the year. And they can really hit the ball out the park. And they have a veteran like Segura, kind of like Zimmerman was for the Nationals, that, you know, he's sneaky good and, and, and could be kind of really lend itself to some big moments to send his career off in the right fashion. So uh, all of that reminds me way too much of the heartache of 2019. You know, that, that kind of str- – I'm struggling with that. All right, let's go to the game hotline. Hello. Hey, good morning, Mr. Foote. How are you doing on this beautiful day? Oh, I'm trying. I'm trying. How are you, sir? I'm doing pretty good. Look, I don't mean to pour pour fuel on the fire. Well, I kind of do. Um, I, I saw this brought up on Twitter a couple of days ago, and I uh, wanted to run it by you. The Astros have a chance to make history in the fact that no team in the wild card era has ever swept all of their series. Do you think the Astros have a chance of doing it? Do you even want them to do it? Oh, I would love for them to do it, but I don't. I don't think that it's going to happen. No, I, I don't. I don't have. Look, I'm. I'm hoping just to win in seven. I, I don't. I don't have any thoughts. Winning, sweeping this in four games is not even in my mindset. If it happens, I'll be I'll be tremendously relieved and ex- enormously excited. But that's not even in my thought process right now. No. And uh, how insufferable would Astros fans, you other Astros fans, be if that happened? But I do. I asked Mister the Third this this morning. Uh, the reliance on the long ball. Uh, can the Astros sustain that and be successful, or do they need to start playing small ball? I mean. Obviously, what they're doing is working, but uh, as as you so often say, you got to pay the piper. Something's got to give. Yes. So, do you think they need to no, maybe start playing a little bit more small ball? Or absolutely, they're going to need to do that. And and I, I mentioned that a little bit in the last hour, and that they did it a little bit in Game Four, like. Pena hit the home run, but after that, they were able to kind of manufacture some runs without without hitting a home run. Uh, now, look, the Phillies are very home run reliant themselves, so I, I think, you know, I think a big part you bring up. A, I think the team that does the best chance of creating scoring opportunities and taking advantage of them without the home runs, and especially in crucial spots, you know, could be win the difference between winning and losing the series. Look, I hope it comes down 
to the fact that the Astros' bullpen has been the best in baseball year and is better than the Phillies, and that determines it. But I, I would love, like you, like you're kind of suggesting, that they do a better job of, you know, punching singles to right, hitting the sacrifice fly when they need it uh, in crucial situations, because that's what they w- were not able to do against the Nationals in in their home games, and that's why they lost that World Series in seven. Yeah, as Mr. Third pointed out this morning, they got to get better at scoring with runners in scoring position. There's just I, I no agree. doubt. I agree. All right. Well, thank you for taking thank my you. call. We'll uh, talk to you guys later and uh, enjoying the show. Thank you very much, sir. Um, no, it's 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 a concern. But, again, the Astros aren't along. I mean, a lot of teams, you know, I saw a stat in one of the games, and sometimes I see these stats and they just amaze me. I, I thought I saw a stat that the Astros were like one of the top two or three teams in baseball this year with runners in, hitting with runners in scoring position. I don't even know how that's possible. I mean, to me, they had a terrible year at doing that. Uh, maybe my standards are too high, or maybe that's why they're not—they're disallowing the shift because teams all over the all over the league are just not hitting anymore. But I, I don't even know how that's possible because to me, they didn't hit with runners in score position very well at all this year. You know, and I'm not see I'm a little different than most baseball fans. I don't ever. The whole with runners in scoring position thing is a little a little deceiving. Like if you have a runner at second, I don't ever expect the hitter to get a hit. See that again, I think that I look at baseball differently than most fans, I think. I don't ever expect someone to get a hit. You say, well, why how can you say that? Because no one hits five hundred. Like, if you hit 330, you are a great hitter, super elite as a hitter, and you still make way more outs than you get hits. So I don't ever expect someone to get a hit. Now, I want people to get a hit. Certainly, I want them to, and they do a fair amount of the time. But I don't ever expect someone to get a hit. I don't ever say, well, so-and-so choked in that situation when there's two outs and a runner on set. You can't choke in that situation. You're supposed to make an out. Every time you step to the plate, you're supposed to make an out, odds-wise. Like, other than, like, Barry Bonds in the steroid era, who has, a, who has an on-base percentage of over 500? Like, no one. If you're really, 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 really good, your on-base percentage starts with a four. There ain't many of them like that. Not that many. Have an on-base percentage starts with a four. And that's still making more outs than than getting on base. So I don't ever expect someone to get a hit, ever. Now, The difference is when you have a runner at third, I expect you to get that runner home because you can make an out and still get that runner home. Now, it doesn't happen nearly as often as it should, because especially in this era, because too many guys are still trying to hit home runs and they're not willing against the shift just to punch a single to get the run home or the bunt. 
I think the other thing that's going to be critical for the Astros, and I brought this up a couple times this week, the Astros have done, especially playing the Yankees, who strike out like crazy. The Astros have done a good job of putting the ball in play. Like they had games where they'd strike out two times and five times while the Yankees were striking out 10 times and 12 times and 17 times. And if you put the ball in play consistently against a team that struggles defensively, like they've struggled at third defensively, they've struggled at first even defensively. So they're not a great defensive team, the Phillies, over the course of the season. That doesn't mean they're not going to play out of their minds in this World Series to torture me, but normally they're not. And so it's, it's going to be important to put the ball in play a little more than it is against good defensive team, especially on the ground. Now, pop-ups are, are pop-ups. I mean, the, the Astros got lucky at a few pop-ups at Yankee Stadium that dropped. But, but normally a pop-up, you know, pop-ball, not good. But um, especially guys like Pena who can run, McCormick who can run a little bit, got, you know, Tuve, guys who can run – if they put the ball on the ground against a bad defensive team and they rush, you might be able to steal a run here and there, a ball's thrown away or whatever. The other thing that they've got to do is in two straight series, Framber Valdez has pitched fabulous, but his defense has stunk. Like, he's got to stop giving the other team runs. He did it to Seattle, and he did it to the Yankees. They, those day, the, the Astros need to play great defense. Their pitchers especially. They have got... Framber's got to stop giving runs to the other team. Now, he's pitched well enough to get to get away with it, which is tremendous, but let's not even go down that road. Got to play good defense. Got to. Altuve, every, Altuve normally plays good defense, but we've seen it before, especially in the postseason, and he made a couple of errors in, in, in this postseason. Like, uh, throw the ball to first base, Cat. It's not that hard. You got an elite first baseman. Get the ball to him. Throw it in the right direction, at least. Don't rush the ball when you don't need to rush the ball. And give Yuli a chance to make a pick. At least give him a chance to make a pick. So, got to play good defense. Got to get the runners home from third with less than two outs uh, on a consistent basis. And if they do those things, I like their chances of winning. But every time I hear people say, oh, this is this is a mismatch and they're going to kill the Phillies, I'm like, oh. That's a football comment. I don't need to hear any football comments during the World Series. I'm already nervous enough. All right, we'll take a timeout, come back with more on the game. Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the LSU Tigers and the Houston Astros. Do you ever wonder what kind of coach foot would have been? When they hit it to you and you're in the major leagues, you catch the ball. That's the way that works. Yeah, he may be better suited for talking sports than coaching them. Back to footnotes on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome back to Footnotes on the Game, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. You're home for the LSU Tigers and the Houston Astros. We want to remind you tonight from 6 to 7, the McNeese State Coaches Show, presented by Maplewood Burgers, line of bed out of Westlake, and the Southwest Louisiana Law Center. Our friend Jim Gazzolo will be talking all things McNeese State Cowboys tonight from Maplewood Burgers. That sounds good. 
4453 Nelson Road in Lake Charles. So tune in tonight for the McNeese Coaching Show. You can hear it all right here on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. The uh, Cowboys had a tough one. Uh, certainly a winnable game. I think most of us, you know, Nichols was has not been as explosive as they've been in recent years. I think most of us thought that would be a um, a competitive game, and it was. It was winnable. They just didn't win. I mean, you know, it it, it happens a lot in the NFL for sure, but certainly at, at all levels. I mean, sometimes, you know, you, you have a game where you lose by, I don't know, one point, three point, six points, whatever, seven points, and you go back and you watch the film and you see about six different things. If you'd have just done better on that particular play, we win the game. And so it, it, it can be frustrating. So uh, in a rebuilding year, it's probably a little easier to handle those. But when you don't have a lot of wins, you want to try to get as many wins as you can. So the rebuilding continues, and they'll be discussing all of that tonight. Again, from 6 to 7, the McNeese Coaches Show from Maplewood Burgers in Lake Charles. So, um Again, the game hotline is 706-0111, 706-0111. We've had two calls about the World Series this hour. And look, I'm 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 thinking all, a lot about it and trying not to think about it all at the same time. Really, it, it, it's it's great that we've had the from Sunday night clinching and don't play till Friday cuz you get to really enjoy it a little bit. But it's also the anxiety and the anticipation. And, you know, when you think about it, you you go over all the scenarios, at least, you know, in my mind. I mean, all the reasons why they could win, all the reasons why they could lose. And, you know, you just it, – it's – and then you hear all the commentary, and largely the commentary is that the, the Astros are overwhelming favorites. Now, because – the the Nationals and then the Braves beat the Astros. There's that 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 theme is out there. That trend is being discussed, and so I think that keeps some people from even people who have what I would call a football mentality. Even those fans have to say, or or those media members have to say, well, you know what we we were saying the same thing in 2019 and they got beat so now I think this team this team's bullpen is better than that bullpen um the starting pitching is about the same probably a little deeper now but again depth in starting pitching matters more for the regular season than it does for the for the postseason I mean it matters in the postseason especially if you go seven and you have to kind of pitch that fourth starter in, in that kind of – it matters. But Deb, the reason why the Astros won 106 games is because they had the deepest pitching in baseball. They didn't hit that well. Now, they're a really a, normally a pretty good defensive team, really good at times. But they didn't hit that well this year. The reason why they won 106 games is because they have deep pitching and over 162 if you if you put out that many 
quality starts, whether it's technically a quality start or not. You give yourself a chance to win that many games because your starting pitching is that deep, and it is incredibly deep. Um, then you're going to win a lot of games, and they did, especially when you play good defense and you know how to win and you have a veteran club and you're used to winning like the Astros are. So it's um, all – but but that doesn't necessarily matter because, look, all it takes – folks, I know the Astros won all their games so far in this postseason, but uh, uh, I haven't forgotten the very first game. The guy who's going to win to Cy Young – the Cy Young Award winner went out there and got lit. Got lit. Not that long ago. Just two starts ago. Yeah, the Astros came back and got the miracle. El Pedro Grande had an unbelievable couple of at-bats, and they came back and won on this walk-off homer, and it was tremendous. As I was in the air, landing in Orneville on the runway when he hit it. And... um. But but look, if if Justin Verlander goes out Friday night and gets lit by the Phillies like he got lit by the Mariners, the chances of coming back probably not going to happen. I mean, it might, but can you really count on that twice in a row? Two lightings in a row and you're going to come back and win 9 to 8 or 8 to 7? Man, that oh, they better not put me through that. So again, yeah, they won. Yeah, they've undefeated in the postseason but that better not be you know I don't they can't afford to in game one to get lit because I keep talking about about 2019 in 2019 if you remember the Astros they were down 0-2 they lost both games at home and then they went to Washington and won all three games and then they came home, and you're thinking all they had to do is win one of the last two at home. Surely they're going to do that. And didn't happen. That can't happen. Because I'm telling you, they're not going to Philly and winning three straight games. That's not happening. The Washington crowd and the Philly crowd, that's two totally different animals. I, I, I don't I, – they are not – like, the Astros might – Excuse me, win the World Series and cert, believe me, I hope I really, really, really hope they do. But I can tell you, they are not going to Philly and winning three straight games. I don't believe that's gonna happen. I don't believe that. So they need they really need to win the two home games to start the series. So Verlander's gotta not get lit. And Try to win. I, I'm thinking about this the same way I'm think, I thought about the ALCS. And I understand they swept the Yankees. But the difference is the Astros own the Yankees. The Astros know it. The Yankees know it. Now, I was more nervous than maybe I should have been in hindsight. But that's just how I am. Because I know that as the punks. The punks thought they were going to beat the, the Padres again because they always beat the Padres. One of these years, the Astros' total ownership of the Yankees is going to end. I was just very thankful that it didn't end this year. They, they own them as much as they ever did this year. But the Astros don't own the Phillies. They don't, they don't even know them that well. Like, I know they played them in a three-game series at the end of the regular season, but two of those games, they were just going through the motions. Like, they don't, 
There is no, oh, we boy, they got a good read on the Phillies. I mean, they, they hardly ever play each other, hardly ever anymore. So um, once every other couple of years. So it's, it's, it, they don't own the Phillies. They don't even know the Phillies. This is a completely different animal. Like, the Astros are a confident team because of all the winning they've done and they've got a lot of veterans, yeah. But they were extra confident in these last two series because they were playing two teams that they're familiar with and that they've owned for a long time. Now you're playing a Phillies team. It doesn't matter how many games they've won. They don't know them, and they certainly don't own them because they never play them. So it's a totally different scenario, totally different situation. And so that I think there's a lot more unknown to this series and this matchup than a lot of people are saying because it's just different. It's a, it's a different kind of confidence. They're confident because they're a good team. And they've won, what, 106 plus, 113 games. But the matchup is totally different. Yeah, I have no idea. They don't even face these guys that that often. So they don't have a good read on them. So it adds a whole unknown that makes fat people like me very nervous. Very, very, very nervous. Very nervous. All right, we'll take a timeout. Come back. Talk more to you on this Wednesday. I'll give the update for those who might have missed it when we come back. All the high school games that have been moved from Friday to Thursday, and there's a lot of them. We'll go over the list when we come back on the game. Are you fluent in Footlish? Not to worry. We're here to help with the Footlish Dictionary. The little MVPs. The little MVPs. Now, a Major League Baseball team that struggles to win games despite having multiple MVP winners on its roster. Also known as the Los Angeles Angels. Now, back to the man with his very own language. Kevin Foote and Footnotes on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome back to Footnotes. Kevin Foot on the game. Want to remind you to go to the game clubhouse by going to 1037thegame.com, 1041thegame.com, where you can win all kind of prizes, including the regulars, like $150 gift certificate to Mr. Lesser Steakhouse, a $50 gift certificate to Half Shell Oyster House for $25 for Mabel's Kitchen. Can't join. Can't win any of these prizes unless you join the game clubhouse. It's simple. It's free. So sign up today by going to 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com. All right. I said I would give you the high school football schedule if you've missed any of it. A lot of games have been moved from Friday to Thursday because supposedly the rain is going to be there and the wind on Friday. You can make more money when there's not wind and rain and you're hosting games. So to my knowledge, this is the list of games. High school football that will now be played on Thursday. Acadiana at Karen Crow. Como at Barb. Delcom at Ascension Episcopal. St. Martinville at Abbeville. Catholic Appointee at North Central. St. Edmund at Westminster, which is going to be our St. Landry Parish game of the week. Uh, Northwest at Ville Platte. Leesville at Eunice. Iota at Port Barry. Erath at Crowley. Notre Dame at Grand Lake. Boy, I never thought I'd see a football game between Notre Dame and Grand Lake, but that's going to happen. Lauraville at Catholic and New Iberia. Sacred Heart of Ville Platte at 
Opelousas Catholic. That means that unless there are changes or, or a game that I'm not aware of, the Friday schedule is now Lafayette at Southside, Westgate at St. Thomas More, Northside at Turlings, Lafayette Christian at North Familian. So that's some pretty good matchups there if you'd like to go to a game on Friday. DeRitter at Rain, Opelousas at Brobridge, Livonia at Cecilia, Hanson at Beauchene, Kaplan at Church Point, Highland Baptist at Centerville, Covenant Christian at Generette, and probably the best game of all this week, other than maybe Acadiana Karen Crow, is Central Catholic at Vermillion Catholic. VCs are, is having just a fabulous season. And Central Catholic, we don't ever really talk about, but they have having a really nice season. They have some really good wins this year, Central Catholic. And the best of all might be if they pull off an upset of VC on Friday. And I don't even know how much of an upset it'll be, but that'll be our Vermeer Parish game of the week, and that that looks like it's going to be a whale of a contest. Since old old rivalries, Eagles versus Eagles, Central Catholic against Vermeer Catholic, um, big time matchup there. So we'll see how that game goes down. All right, the um, the game hotline seven zero six zero one 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 seven zero six zero one one one. Let's go back to the game hotline. Hello. What's going on, Kevin? Ooh, I'm nervous, my man. How you doing? Man, doing all right. Uh, I'm a little nervous. Not too much, man. Uh, hey, Kevin, what, what is it about every time postseason come around about Yuli? Yuli always, I mean, he might not do nothing in the regular season. But when postseason come around, Yuli always getting a hit or something. Well, he has had a big, a lot of big ones. Now, he 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 was really bad in the pandemic year. I think he wasn't in shape, and his body wore down. But man, is Yuli making um, Dusty Baker look smart? When Yuli struggled offensively all year long, and they went out and got Trey Mancini at the trade deadline, and all a bunch of Astro fans, and I'm sure plenty of media members were like, "Play him at first base," and. And and Dusty was like, no, I'm sticking with the guy who's been, who's really good defensively, who's experienced defensively, and who and who has all this experience, who's been with us, and Yuli's paid off for him. Yeah, uh, Kel, uh, uh, a couple of more things. Uh, what's going on with Kyle Tucker? I mean, he he, he, he I mean, he, he been having men in scoring position, and he's not doing nothing at the plate. He's not, you know, he like a lot, like most hitters, he, he's streaky at times. Um, I'm hoping, and again, it, I, it's not bad if it works out because look, he didn't hit in the ALCS. Altuve didn't hit in the ALCS, and really until the very end, El Pedro Grande didn't hit. So it, it's good that you have some guys who are good hitters, some of your best hitters who are due to hit going into the World Series. And hopefully they just kind of take turns a little bit and those guys can carry them, and, and, and that'd be tremendous. So, with this sound like Philly one-two punch, uh, you see it's like, I mean, hopefully scoring some runs in this series? Well, I, I don't expect there to be very many runs in these first two games. I mean, you know, um, Nola's pitching great. Wheeler's pitching great. Uh, I'm really I have less confidence in Verlander than any of the four of the four starters in the first two games, to be honest with you. Uh so no, I don't I expect the first two games 
to be low scoring. I'm just hoping the Astros can hit their bullpen, and if they score runs, it might be late because their bullpen is not as good as Houston's on paper. And then once they get to their third and fourth starters, the Astros can can score some runs against them. That's what I'm hoping. Right. Well, and we need the Verlander who pitched against the Yankees. He done great against the Yankees, but when it was against the uh, the Mariners, he he struggled at first. Oh, game. he I mean, struggled. He yes. Up. Absolutely. And uh, look, I'm going to leave you with this. Uh, my me myself, I think if the Saints and look like that's where it's going, if they have a losing season, people say give them another chance. Mm, I don't know. Mickey Loomis need to do something. I think it's time to get. I, I think just. Get rid of Dennis, Dennis uh, Allen. That's just me. Well, let's hope they use this like little. It's not a really a buy, but they have you know they they will have a week and a half off between that that debacle in the in the desert to to, to this Sunday's game. Uh, hopefully, they use that time to kind of refocus and start. They got to start playing first of all. Too many guys never play, and then they got to play well and get motivated. And, uh, if there's still a chance to redeem this season, but it's got to start Sunday. Yeah, well, look, go Saints, go Strolls, four more games, and we win another World Series. Have yeah. a good one, Kevin. Thank you, thank you. Yeah, that'd be tremendous. Look, the Phillies can hit. The Yankees have a lineup with holes everywhere. They're, they got holes up and down their lineup. The Phillies don't. Like, Reese Hoskins. Now, Reese Hoskins is more of a feast or famine guy. I, I I could see the Astros pitching pretty well against him. Bryce Harper's is a you know he's got pop. He gets on base. He's patient. Nick Nick Castellanos. That guy can hit. Like I'm really worried about Castellanos because he can hit. JT Realmuto. It can really hit. Like he's good. I'm really worried about him. Bomb, I'll be disappointed if they let that guy beat him. I'm not a big fan of Bomb. Schwarber's another one who swings and and and, and you, you he's a home run hitting guy. Now the thing about him is you got to throw him strikes because he's got a great eye and he walks a ton. So you you it's tricky because you don't want to walk him, but you don't want to throw a meat pitch and let him hit a home run. Uh, I, I could see the Astros doing well against him. I'm worried about Segura, like I talked about, and this guy stopped. Now, I am really worried that I'm going to come out of this series hating this guy Stott. He just seems to get – he's not one of the most well-known guys on their team. He's a shortstop. Uh, I don't know that he ever done anything before this year. And I don't know that I even knew him before this year. But he, he just seems to get some clutch hits here and there. I, I'm worried about this guy's stop, the shortstop. And then uh, we always joking about the little MVPs. They got they traded for Brandon Marsh from the little MVPs. Now, he obviously is going to know the Astros better than anybody on this lineup because he played for the little MVPs the last few years, and, he, and he's gotten a lot of hits against the Astros. So I'm a little worried, I got to tell you, about, about Marsh. He's an aggravating guy. He's got this big beard. He looks, you know, all scraggly. But he has gotten some big hits against the Astros and is obviously very familiar with the Astros lineup because he played for the little MVPs. So, again, 
That's how many guys? I just rattled off seven or eight guys who are pretty dangerous. This the this lineup does not have a lot of holes in it. Their holes as a team has been with their pitching and their defense at different times. Now, again, they have the two frontline starters, but man, they got guys who are can hit for power and get on base. They're not a, a lot, there's not as many feasts. They have a few. But there's not as many feast or famine hitters in this lineup. It's scary. Look, they can score. The I don't I do not expect the Astros to shut this lineup down. The Astros have got to score to they've got to score to win. They've got to. They're, they're not gonna be able to pitch their way through this like they did against the Yankees and just play a bunch of, you know, where they give up zero runs or one run or two runs. I I am not maybe once or twice in these, like if it goes seven, but I do not expect a bunch of, you know, they're not going to better just shut down this Phillies lineup. That's not going to happen. Hopefully their bullpen gets the big outs when they need them late in the series, uh, late in these games. I, I just think this is going to be a much tougher game than most people are thinking. Forget about the Yankees. They're not playing the Yankees. This lineup is better than the Yankees. This lineup doesn't have a bunch of outs in it like the Yankees do. Forget about the Yankees. Josh Donaldson don't play for the Phillies. So this is, this is, I'm not saying the Astros aren't going to win. I'm not saying they can't win. I'm saying it's not going to be easy like the Yankees series. It's not going to be that way. It's just not. They're not going to get all this, this, these lineups out over and over and over again. If they do, I'll be shocked and just thoroughly impressed. And I hope I am. All right, we'll take a timeout, come back, finish out today's show on the game. Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Welcome back to Footnotes. Kevin Foot on the game. Want to remind you, Loper Trail Ride for Life is Sunday. There's a 10K, a 5K, a one-mile superhero fun run uh, taking place at Cherokee Ridge Horse Farm, located 200 Flying W Road in Karen Crow. Participating supports Lopa, and there's a chance to honor Lopa's life-saving heroes and celebrate the gift of life. For more information, visit Lopa, L-O-P-A, dot org. All right, again, we'll be talking more NBA this year because – the Pelicans look like they're really, really good. It's early in the season. Um, baseball playoffs are still going on. We're a couple of days from the World Series, and we're in the middle of football season. So it'll be a little more slower, but I, I, I certainly don't want to ignore it. And what a nice win. There are wins that are – look, it's always fun to win when you, when you live and die with a team. It's fun to win. When it's really fun to win is when you sit a bunch of starters – and you still win. That's fun. Like, there's not as much pressure in a game like that, especially early in the season, because when you sit a bunch of starters, well, then you're figuring, especially against a team that, you know, is considered really good, like Dallas. So you don't, you're, you go in without really high expectations. See, if you lose, it's easy to rationalize where you say this guy didn't play and this guy didn't play and this guy didn't play. I mean, like, three or four of their best players didn't play the Pelicans last night. And they still found a way to go on the road and win. That's fun. Because you don't have the pressure. Because if you lose, it's easy. You rationalize it really easy. You just put it in that column of, well, that, you know, we were going to lose that game anyway. But then when you win one of those, it's like, wow. 
So very impressive. And you had guys like Murphy, who is, you know, a lot of people are high on. You don't really know what you're going to get out of him. And he was fabulous with 22 points, 8 of 8 from the field. So, no, I just wanted to congratulate Pelican fans and recognize them. It's early in the season. All signs point to they're going to be really, really good this year. But you you just kind of feel like you steal one on the road when you're playing without all these starters, and it show and, and you feel so much better about the depth that you have when you can, you know, get double digits from a bunch of guys off the bench. Now McCollum was playing, and the big guy was playing, but not a lot else in terms of starters were playing. Well, no one else but starters were playing. So very impressive road win to get. I think most people thought they were going to lose that game. Uh, at Dallas. Now, look, it's early in the year. There are teams like Miami and Dallas and um, who, who else? There's another team that most people consider to be really good that are off to a rough start. I mean, that's it's 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 the beginning of the season. Um, so it, it you know I don't want to put certainly don't want to. Um, oh yeah, I'm, I said on the road. But uh, it was it was at home last night, which helped. But um, but still, it was just a really nice win. And so I don't want to put too much stock in any of these early season games because again, you got really good teams that are off the rough starts. Doesn't really mean anything. Um, but it is um, that was I just wanted to mention that nice, really, really nice win. And those are the fun wins. No pressure. It's kind of like um, it's kind of like rooting for a team that you need to help your team, but it's not your team. So you don't really have that big-time pressure in the game for, like, sicko fans like me. And so you can enjoy it more and not without having that pressure of every play where, oh, no, we could lose the game. Because if you lose, you kind of thought you were going to lose. Kind of nice. Not going to be that way with the Astros in the World Series. Not going to be that way at all with the Astros in the World Series. So we'll see how um just wanted to to make um give give the Pelicans some credit for that fun win. All right. So we have we did not talk about the Saints at all today. We'll talk more about the Saints tomorrow. We'll have our first um injury report which I've gotten to where I don't even look at injury reports. This one better be better than they've been all season. Like, cats, it's time for someone to play. So by tomorrow, we'll see our first injury report. It, um, I don't know. It it better be good. They got to start playing. Because, look, if they can't muster up a really good performance, look, if they lose on a cheat in the last second field goal, I'll be disgruntled, but at least they will have they better play well. Like all of this sloppiness and, and and this just not playing with extra passion, that's gotta end. Like they, they have got to get their act together. This is they're getting a second chance, they're getting a reprieve. You know, they they've botched it and they've gotten, you know, a couple games they didn't get help from the officials and a couple games they just gave games away because they can't stop turning over the football. There's just a mistake waiting to happen. So they're they're getting a second chance. Take advantage of it. 
If they were in just about any other division, they'd be in deep yogurt right now. You got a second chance. Take advantage of it. So we'll talk more about the Cajuns and their matchup, obviously, with with Southern Miss. We'll do that tomorrow, as well as talking more about the Saints. And ended up talking more World Series today than I thought, but that's okay. It's World Series time. We'll take a – no, we won't. That'll be it for today. Think about me. Y'all have a nice day.